Theology Doesn't Suck. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Andy Herman, and with me is my good friend, Josh Patterson. Josh Patterson. And <laughs> we are here today uh, to talk about, as you as you may have guessed from the name of the podcast, some theology, which Maybe. I hope you're not surprised. Maybe. We'll see if we get there, you know. We have other yeah. things to talk about first. I don't but, know much uh, about them. <laughs> yeah well that's why you're a host right you know uh, so yeah so before we dive in though to the real you know heavy meaty weighty stuff josh what's yeah. going on what's new what's shaking in the world of josh patterson uh not too much man well actually you know what uh i am coaching soccer okay um, at a like a private christian school down here in florida uh, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it's a middle school boys team. So I think God is trying to teach me patience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good way but to learn some patience for sure. Yeah, it's it's going well. I mean, they're it's definitely not like, uh, you know, they're not the greatest team in the world, but they're learning uh-huh. and uh, it's a lot of sixth graders. And we had a game yesterday, actually, and then, uh, I think they played their best game that they've played, you know, all season. And we actually awesome. had this, we had this, this kid on the team, man, like he's by far the best player on the team. Um, but he launched like a, a, a shot from like 35 yards out and buried it upper 90. Like, oh, snap. <laughs> that everybody is, was super stunned cool, because they're like, wait a minute, yeah. that's a seventh grader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's it was, funny, it was man. crazy, man. Wow. Well, you have those moments, you know, sometimes they'll surprise you oh yeah for sure the kid i mean the kid's good the kid i mean you know he's absolutely fantastic but i can't let him know that i don't want to i don't want to boost his ego no no you wouldn't want to like when you're a coach you need to make sure your your players think you hate them and that they you think that they suck right that's what i do i literally every practice you guys suck yeah you gotta beat them down you gotta beat them into submission (laughs) because <laughs> otherwise, if if you start telling them that you think they're good and stuff, you know they're just gonna they're just gonna quit trying. They're just gonna walk it's around all cocky. You know, it's it's, it's gonna be true. terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, think I mean, that's right. what a good pastor does with their congregation too, right? Just beat them down. Yes, that's how, that's how I, they become I think better right. Christians. Just beat them down until they just feel so <laughs> terrible and miserable, <laughs> and, that, I, yeah, and then they'll be better. I think you're exactly right, man. That's pretty yeah. good. I. I, you know what? I'm gonna try that on try Sunday. Try that with your students. That's a good yeah, idea. with just Sunday like, school. I'm just yeah, gonna beat them down. Awesome. You guys are the worst. Probably all of you are going to go to hell. You know, if we're honest, you guys are all screwed. If, but if we're being real, I I don't know if you should have any assurance. <laughs> but <laughs> Jesus <laughs> loves everybody them, except right? you guys. Except uh, you guys, because you're he told me <laughs> the worst. The like, worst. Read, Read the parts of Isaiah where God's pouring out his anger towards Israel. Just imagine <laughs> that's directed right toward you. I'll just take Israel out and just put their names in it individually. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Just just yeah. read from make your teaching just read from Isaiah and insert what's the name of your student ministry is like Catalyst, right? So Right, yeah, Catalyst. So just remove Israel and put Catalyst. <laughs> so Woe to you know, Catalyst. Here, let me find you a passage. You have forsaken here. your first love do it yeah hold hold on uh while you're looking i want to take a bite of this delicious food that my beautiful wife made for me eating while podcasting 
dangerous. It's a new skill. It is very dangerous. It's probably not smart. All right. I want to limit limit my intake. Okay, so what about what about this? We got from Isaiah chapter thirty. Um, let's see. Uh, therefore, thus says the Holy One of Catalyst. Because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them, therefore this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall, bulging out and about to collapse, whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant, and its breaking <laughs> is like that of a potter's vessel, that it is smashed so ruthlessly that among its fragments not a shard is found. <laughs> it seems about right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll Good. really right, get so them, you know. That'll, that'll fire them. him up for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, I like it. <laughs> um, well, good. I'm I'm glad that things. I know are going at least one of the students. We, we have your new ministry. Yeah, and I know, I know at least one of the students listens to this podcast. So, um, oh, good. You guys are good. welcome. You guys are welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 glad I was able to help from afar, students. Well, you were a youth uh, pastor. Well, yeah. You, so you did youth I ministry, was a youth pastor. and still, yeah. yeah, and you still do like uh, at least volunteer in there. So. It's yeah, just I'm still a youth pastor out. helping a youth pastor. That's legit. Yeah, this is that's what it's all about right there. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of judgment from the Lord, today <laughs> we are actually talking about. Um, we're not talking about judgment from the Lord, nope. but we're talking <laughs> about something almost as fun, which is the idea of a Christian bubble. So. You know, we all like bubbles. We all yeah. I think Christian bubbles. bubbles are the like the ones that you get holy water, you shake it up, yeah. and then you blow it. That's a holy <laughs> and, uh, Christian and, bubble. And <laughs> little crosses, little crosses appear in them too. I think in Christian bubbles. Ooh, um, fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. And uh, I just knocked my pop filter to the side. There you go. Uh, hopefully that didn't ruin everything for everyone. I'm sorry for all of you who just suffered. Uh but yeah, so a Christian bubble, Josh. What what in your mind, if you were going to explain the concept of a Christian bubble to someone, what would you say that is? Yeah, so I think um, the Christian bubble would be basically we have this. Uh, I can't call it a bubble, but we have this thing that we have created where we have pretty much Christian everything, right? Like once you you know step into the church, there's literally Christian everything. We have christian t-shirts we have christian books we have christian music we have christian tv shows we have even like i heard about this thing in a sermon i was listening to recently like the christian yellow pages where apparently it's the yellow pages which you know that's outdated but never mind that (laughs) but it's (laughs) like this book anyway but uh... yeah but it's like this book that's the yellow pages but it's all christians that way you know you can keep you know, the work or whatever in the family, however they want to say it. But they even have like stuff like that. And so basically okay. it's this this environment, this maybe community that we create where uh, it basically it's when the church or the people, when I say the church, I mean the people in the church. That's what I'm saying. The church yep. becomes so inward focused um, okay. that they forget kind of about the things on the outside, if okay. that makes sense. And- and I get the sense, Josh, I don't, I mean, I don't want to draw any too, any conclusions too fast, <laughs> but I get the sense that you are anti-Christian bubble. Uh, anti <laughs> might be strong. I think there's some positives that come from it, but yes, very okay. much so. I think, okay. I think the, the Christian bubble looks 
maybe looks good. And once you're in the Christian bubble, it, it might be sometimes hard to recognize that. But yeah. I would I would say that I probably uh, being in the Christian bubble, I think, harms the church rather than builds the church up. Um, yeah. So we, so I, I would want to say, though, like from the beginning, I think we we would both probably want to make the distinction that when we're talking about the Christian bubble, we're talking about when someone has insulated themselves within like a Christian only community and Christian only world to the yes. point that they've cut themselves off from the outside world, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and so it's not necessarily that Christian like having for example Christian music or Christian movies or any like in and of themselves are wrong. No, not at all. Right, but it's that it's the it's the way that we can become so insulated by all of our Christian things that we lose touch with the world outside that we would hope to reach for Christ. Right? Right. Would you say that's a fair yeah. fair way to put it? Yeah, 100%, absolutely. Okay. That's a great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, because because I think we would both agree that um I mean, I don't know. I if you want to push back on this, please do. But I think we would both I think we would both agree that having Christian things like Christian music or Christian movies um or you know strong community with other christians are are good things yes we we want to have music that exalts christ we want to have movies that point to christ although most of the movies that are christian today are pretty weak but that's another topic Um, we (laughs) want to we want to have we want to have friends who are christians and i would even argue that as if we are believers our closest friends the people we trust in the most should be believers yeah um but we don't want to insulate ourselves so much that we lose touch with the outside world that we're not able to evangelize that we're not able to be a light to the world and things like that right yeah absolutely very much so was there anything there that you would push back on or are we in agreement on that so far no yeah i think we're i mean we're definitely in agreement i think um like you're saying there's nothing wrong with you know christian music or christian movies like some of my favorite uh bands are like quote-unquote christian bands like uh, i listen to a lot of heavy stuff so like august burns red they're a christian band um or fit for a king you know fit for a king is a christian band (laughs) shout out to fit for a king they are freaking awesome um yeah they are oh and another band this is this is a dead band but i just love this band so much have you heard of rival choir i haven't it sounds okay, so cool, they're though. another like heavy Christian band. They don't exist anymore. They 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 are formerly known as Mouth of the South, uh, okay. <laughs> and then they became Rival Choir, but they don't exist anymore. But they're tight too. They're they're awesome. Listen to them. Right on. But Christian band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there are there's good Christian music, and like if we didn't have Christian music, then we wouldn't have you know like we wouldn't sing in church there wouldn't be hymns there yeah. wouldn't be you know modern uh christian music um so those things aren't bad and like like you yeah. said most most christian movies are just not good <laughs> i think yeah the best the best christian movie i've seen recently um and i mean even it had some issues but still like by far fantastic loved it would recommend is the movie they just put out on paul uh did you get oh, to see okay. that i haven't seen that no i have not seen actually that yet yeah i really really liked it um i think that it was really well done 
the message that they were trying to push was really good. It was all about like Paul and his uh, suffering was a, a big theme in that. Um, Do you know if the were... people who made it were believers? Yes, they were. Okay, it's the, cool. I'm pretty sure it's the same. It's like the same studio or group of people that put out like Fireproof. I which haven't actually, seen that either. I have, <laughs> haven't seen a lot of Christian movies. <laughs> it, that's okay. You're not missing much. But I would rec- I would recommend Fireproof. Actually, that one was pretty decent. Okay. But when when you start talking about like God's not dead, I just check out. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know what? One like Christian movie that I really enjoyed, although some of my reformed brethren would probably not like this movie for various reasons but i actually fairly enjoyed it was uh risen came out like 2016 i think have you seen that one i have not okay so it was about it was about like a uh, roman centurion who uh was like supposed to investigate what happened to jesus body after the resurrection obviously they didn't believe that he had been resurrected um and he and so then he encounters jesus like alive again after he's been executed and so he starts like following him and kind of you know becomes a christian and has to like abandon his whole old life it's very interesting it's a good movie i thought it was really well done sweet Um, yeah i'd have to check it out but anyway that's that's the only christian movie that i've like seen recently (laughs) i know a lot of people liked um what was it called there was one that came out pretty recently that people really liked was it one that you were opposed to? Because I have one that comes to mind that I know you weren't a fan of. What's that? The Shack. Oh my gosh, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I hate The Shack. The Shack is not a Christian movie. It's a heretical movie. Oh, um, Andy's <laughs> dropping fire. Oh my gosh, I hate The Shack for so many reasons. <laughs> He's straight um, up said it's but, not a Christian movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? Do at me. If you want uh, to discuss this, I will discuss it with you people. Like at me all you want. Send us a message through the website. I will <laughs> I will go back and forth with you all day on this. The shack is not Christian. It's heretical. Um I think this the is guy, the most like excited I've seen you get. <laughs> like the guy, <laughs> the guy who wrote that book is a super heretic too. So I mean, it's like not even veiled. Um but anyway, <laughs> it was i can only imagine that's the movie i'm thinking of ah yes that did imagine. recently come out i know some yeah. people really liked that one i haven't actually seen it i know the song i think the song is awesome um i yeah I, the song i like is, it I, it's not my style of uh music really but yeah it's same. uh it's a nice song yeah um, yeah like the content of the song is good yeah so so anyway Christian movies, they they have some catching up to do as far as uh, in in comparison to Christian music. But um, hmm. but anyway, so Christian bubble <laughs> to get yeah. back on track, we kind of went on a tangent there. But uh, I think I think one passage that's really relevant when we talk about this idea of a Christian bubble, or or maybe why having a Christian bubble is dangerous, why being insulated from the world is dangerous. Um, I think I think one passage that comes to mind for me is from Matthew five. So, okay, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five, uh, starting at verse thirteen, Jesus says, "You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet." And then in verse fourteen, he says, "You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden." Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so when I think of this, uh, what Jesus is saying here, you know, is the call, and this is commonly talked about in Christian circles, the call to be salt and light in the world. Uh, We can't do that if we're not in the world at all, right? We can't. Right. if If we insulate ourselves to the point where we're never interacting with unbelievers and to the point or even if we do it's only surface interactions you know we're not engaging with unbelievers at all and we're not engaging with unbelieving culture at all then we're not able to be salt and light because we're not it's it's kind of like what jesus is talking about we're hiding our light under a bush right we're just hiding it away from the world and uh and so as christians we're called to engage the world and you know the the phrase be in the world but not of the world right we're called to go out and engage unbelievers and engage unbelieving culture in a way that's meaningful and in a way that that we can actually show people how christ is different yeah absolutely and so i think go ahead go ahead no you go ahead oh i was gonna say i think the the big thing that we miss out on is when we become so inwardly focused uh and and christians like just live inside this christian bubble then what that does is it kind of makes it almost makes Christianity uh, safe. Like we're safe here, um, yeah. Because you know we're surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's safe. We you know we don't have to worry about anything. Uh, but what that does is, I think, like you know, if I can speak this way, I think Satan would prefer for us to stay in the Christian bubble because at least yeah. he knows we're in that Christian bubble. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, okay, you believe in Jesus, but at least you're not affecting anybody with it. At least you're not doing anything. At least you're not telling people about Jesus. You're just staying in that bubble. So well, I, that's and, why I think it's so dangerous. And I think one of the things that you're kind of touching on there, which I was going to get to too, which I think is so important, is that the Christian bubble is not only is it does it like stop evangelism, because obviously evangelism is important, but it's also not yeah. everything. But I think I think that the Christian bubble is also dangerous to our own spiritual health. Mm-hmm. because when we're when we're in a when we develop kind of a cocoon of christian culture we we lose sight of how christ is so different from the world we lose sight of how the message of jesus is so radical how the gospel is so radical right and so when we we are we're able to develop our own little christian culture and then when we don't have like when we don't have a clear vision of what non-christian culture is like and what Mm -hmm. being outside of the church is like then it's easy for our christian bubble to kind of skew off the wrong way you know what i'm saying right yeah absolutely and so i think it's really dangerous because you can and you can see it in the american church kind of the whole the whole christian bubble and this christian culture that has built up in the american church which a lot of times comes from good places and there's good motives behind things but there's right. this really comfortable Christian culture that has built up. And I think it kind of, because it's so cocooned and self-contained, it's been a lot easier for it to become much more comfortable, uh, much more like kind of defocused, decentralized on the gospel. You know, when we lose sight of the culture that we're not part of, it's mm-hmm. easy for our own culture to get really skewed. And I think we can see that happening in the church in America today. So the Christian bubble it's not only dangerous to evangelism. Obviously, that's one big thing that it hurts, but it's also dangerous to ourselves as Christians, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it also plays into that uh, like consumeristic kind of mindset that we talked about uh, on the episode we did with that Francis Chan book, Letters to the Church. Um, yeah. 
like when the Christian bubble creates, literally creates, because we're making stuff for the Christian bubble, a consumeristic yeah. mindset and approach to church and to Christianity. And what that does is it says, you know, just come to church or just be in this thing. Like if you, it starts to, you know, maybe not, um, you know, out and out say it, but it starts to give people the idea, the impression that being a Christian means you listen to Christian music, you go to a Christian school, you read Christian books, you know, you only, you know, only do Christian stuff, you wear Christian t-shirts. And then uh, what that leaves out though is the important, and I think, you know, like what you talk about, the centrality of Christ at the middle of Christianity, like without that, it's nothing. And so when people start to think, oh, to be a Christian means I just have to wear t-shirts and go to church on Sundays and just stay in this safe <laughs> bubble, you know, then that yeah. becomes a problem. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's self-defeating. The church just exists for itself. And as yeah. soon as the church begins to exist for itself, it's no longer the church. Yeah. Well, and the reality is that, well, I might slightly disagree with your last statement, but I think I agree with what you're getting okay. at. Um, yeah. I do think that to, <laughs> I, I do think that to some degree the church is an end in itself. In that, I think the church being the church glorifies God, right? And the church, but anyway, um, I agree. I, I agree with most of what you're getting at there, and I I do think it's our faith is strengthened when we encounter opposition, when we encounter unbelief, when it's tested yeah. in life, right? And so it's easy for us to develop a very soft, easy. I mean, you see it all the time. Not to pick on uh homeschool kids but uh (laughs) you see it all the time with kids who grow up either homeschool they're going to a christian private school they grow up in kind of a in a very sheltered christian bubble and they're not exposed not that all kids who are homeschooled or all kids who go to a christian school are this way but there are many kids who grow up in kind of a christian bubble and and they never encounter like the outside unbelieving world and then once they once they go off to college once they start to grow up and they do encounter that outside world their faith is totally shattered or, to- or at least for a while is put into question because they don't know how to handle that. They've never had their faith strengthened by encountering opposition or by right. having to, you know, put it, put it to practice in real life. Right. And so um, I think, I think making sure we're not in a bubble helps us l- to live by faith. It teaches us how to live by faith and trust God, even when we're not sure how to process everything that's going on around us. Um, but, I do want to push back a little bit because I think I, I, I can hear an objection here to what we've been saying. Okay. Which is, which is, aren't Christians supposed to, in a sense, create an alternative culture? Like, shouldn't Christian culture <laughs> be different from the culture of the world? Yeah, the kingdom right? of and God. So, isn't it right? If we're, if we're going to be part of the church and part of God's kingdom, we don't belong to this world. And so, shouldn't we have Christian books? Shouldn't we have Christian music? Shouldn't we have Christian community? Shouldn't we have all these things? Like, why would you want to bash on that? Isn't that a good thing? So, so how would how would you respond to that, Josh? Like, wh- where do we find maybe a balance in here? Yeah, I think, hmm, that, I mean, that's a great question. And I think it, you know, it goes back to what you are talking about earlier. Like, we're called to be in the world and not of the world kind of thing. Um, yeah. but also like with the, the illustration of the, um, like a lamp, lampstand, is that the right word? <laughs> Whatever yeah. you used to put candles on, uh, is really good because if, you know, if you're just, uh, living in the Christian bubble all the time, I mean, think about it. It's literally like putting a dome over the candle, like it, yeah. and you, no one will see it. Um, mm-hmm. 
and then once you you know release that like take the dome off and everybody can see it then it's um it's attractional and people get that so i think um i think it's helpful to like to have the christian things uh but i think when it becomes an issue is when it just becomes basically when you lose the point of reaching others when it only becomes about living in this bubble that is comfortable that is you know it's not um you know, it doesn't actually take any real faith because I just, you know, I come to church, I see my church people and I do all these things. Um, I think then it starts to become a problem and it almost becomes, I mean, this is, might be a strong word, but maybe not. It almost becomes like an idol. You start to Mm -hmm. idolize Christian community rather than, um, like the kingdom of God. Cause I think the kingdom of God, um, exists in the world, but it's not necessarily, um, it's not like cut off the way that the Christian bubble does. I'm not really making sense. Yeah, um. <laughs> no, I, I think I get what you're. I think I get what you're getting at, and I think, I think you're on the right track in the sense that it is kind of a fine line, and it's it's it sometimes can be a hard distinction to make because I do think it's clear from scripture and from and from experience, right, that as Christians, our primary community and our primary culture should be the kingdom of God, should be the church. Yeah. And and so we don't want to be and like there are there are some Christians who kind of shun the church, they shun Christian community, they shun any kind of idea of Christian culture. And a lot of times they end up looking really worldly. Yeah. And and their lives end up looking not that different from unbelievers and they're not bearing much fruit. And I and so we don't want that, right? We want uh you know, scripture talks about how you should not be unevenly yoked. And we like to apply that passage to marriage a lot, but mm-hmm. in the context of the passage, it's not just about marriage. And it's ve- I think it's just as equally applicable to, to like friendship relationships and things like that. And so uh, I think it is clear, you know, we need to have our, our core friends and our core community needs to be believers, right? We need to we need to find our identity in a community and culture of Christians in the church, in the kingdom of God. But we also need to be able to, like, really intentionally and authentically engage with the outside culture. And right. so I, th- there's a tension. I, I do think our primary culture as Christians needs to be a Christian culture. Like, we should have a different culture and a different community than the rest of the world. But yeah. we need to do so in a way that doesn't cut us off from the outside world. Kind of like you were saying, you know, we don't want to be cut off. And so as Christians, our, our challenge is to navigate that. How do we live in a Christian community and a Christian culture while at the same time not cutting ourselves off from the rest of the world? Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, this just comes to mind. This is something that I think uh, will help. Because, like, if we're, living, if we're living amongst the world and with other people and we, you know, interact with um, non-Christians, like, I have a very good many friends that are not, would not call themselves Christians. In fact, I yep. you know a couple of them listen to this podcast and, um, you know, I've, I've really great conversations with them. They're really awesome people that I care about very much. And I think, um, they help me strengthen my faith. But what I was, what I was going to say is that when we live, you know, in the world, what Jesus, like what the Bible tells us is that like, they will know we are Christians by our love. And so mm-hmm. I think when, when the church is actually functioning the way that the church should, and yep. acting as an intentional community that supports each other, that loves each other, um, that builds each other up, 
and is actually carrying those things out, I think people will see that. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's really important. And if you just separate yourself, then, you know, you're never going to give anybody the the opportunity to to see or be a part of that. Um, yes. And I think I think the verse that you brought up, actually, so they'll know they'll know that we're Christ's disciples. And I don't, I don't know if you meant to a lot of times this the last little piece of that verse gets left out. But uh, and I don't know if you meant to say it or not say it in what you were saying, but uh, it's they'll know that we are his disciples by the way we love one another right like the way we love our yeah. fellow christians and you, you said that kind of in your example after that but um and i think that again that verse can actually help us understand how we balance christian community and engagement with the outside world in that our first obligation is to our brothers and sisters in christ right throughout scripture mm-hmm. in that verse and others our our primary love our our and this sounds bad, but almost in a way, like our, our preferential treatment is to be for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're supposed to, first of all, our first love is for each other as Christians. Okay. But, mm-hmm. and that's not to say we shouldn't love unbelievers. I'm not, of course, there are also many places in, in scripture where we're also commanded to love unbelievers. Um, yeah. But I, th- I think that that gives us a good way of processing Christian culture versus engagement with the rest of the culture and that our first love should be for Christians. We're supposed to love each other first and foremost, but then also to love others, right, to engage with others. And so in the same way, our first community, our first circle of love and kinship and friendship is our fellow Christians, right? That's our first love. Those are the ones we're in the tightest community with, but we're also called to love unbelievers and those outside the church and to care for our neighbors and care for people in the world. And so it's not like an either or it's not like, should I be in a Christian community or should I be out engaging the world? Right. But it's, it's I'm in my Christian community and I'm being strengthened there and encouraged there and equipped there so that me and my fellow Christians can also then, go out and love the world and, and engage the mm-hmm. world. And so it's, it can be a tough balance to strike in everyday life. It's easy to fall kind of onto either side of the ditch, I think, but that's the way hmm. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's really helpful. Um, I was about to say something and I totally lost my train of thought, <laughs> which is not good when you're podcasting. Uh, you know, it happens all. to the best of us. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Josh. Um, something about love, community, friendship. Oh, I got friendship. it. I got it. I remember. Right. Woo. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, like when we, it, I mean, it came to me when you were talking about like engaging with non-believers. Um, one yep. thing that I think that we could do better, which would take you know stepping out of the Christian bubble, and when I say we, I mean Christians could do better, is um loving non-christians but when i say that i mean that sounds obvious but i mean not making not like when we look at a non-christian if you make them a project then you're not loving them as a person does that make sense okay do do you see what i'm saying so like when we uh only become friends with somebody uh because we want to um convert them or make them a christian basically when you focus on them like oh i'm going to befriend this person then i can make them a christian um that to me that's not genuine friendship or care for somebody um because you're treating them as a project you're not respecting them as a person or as an individual you're only looking at them as like oh hey i'm gonna take this person and make them a christian now don't hear me saying that you know because obviously like i would like everybody to love jesus and follow jesus 
Um, so don't hear me saying that you shouldn't talk to people about Christ. Like I, yeah. you know, some of my really good um, non-Christian friends, like I have a buddy, Dustin. I talk to Dustin all the time. Dustin is freaking awesome. Uh, one of my favorite people. <laughs> but like we, we have really good conversations and he asks really great questions and, you know, talks about, you know, Jesus with me and, and spirituality. And like he's kind of been scarred by the church. Um, but I think what's cool is, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but like I never look at Dustin as like, oh, when I go see Dustin today, I have to make him a believer. I care about mm-hmm. Dustin as a person, as an individual, as my friend. And I think he can see my hope in my prayer then is that, you know, because we do have conversations. I do tell him about Jesus. But what my hope would be is that through our genuine friendship and relationship, he would see Jesus shine through me. Yeah. Do you see Do you see what yeah. I mean? There's like no, a distinction I, there, a I difference. Think you're, I think you're totally right. We do need to be careful not to make unbelievers projects, like you said. That's a good – that's a really good caution. Um, and like you said, I think – it's kind of a both end. That doesn't mean we shouldn't desire for unbelievers to become believers, right? We right, right. Because because if we are genuinely caring for those who we meet who aren't believers, like we should want them to come to know Christ. Like yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we think is best for them, right? So if we if we genuinely care for them, part of that will be desiring them to know, desiring them to come to know Christ, sharing Christ with them, sharing the gospel with them. Um, but you're right. Like we shouldn't ever enter into those relationships with the mentality of like the only reason i'm engaging this person is because i need to like score more evangelisms on my evangelism (laughs) score sheet you know yeah you gotta you gotta win souls yeah so it's good it's good to be intentional about evangelizing and like looking for opportunities to share christ with people is good but also do love those people regardless like even if you think that someone's even if someone seems like there's no way that you're going to be able to win them to christ first of all you don't know because god's spirit is really the one who does the work but second of all not us second of all either way you should love that person even if that person never comes to know christ which i hope they do but even if they don't you should still show them love and care as a follower of christ yeah, because um, they're a person and you respect yeah, them as a person, person and, and you as respect an individual. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a good point. We need to we need to be careful not to just view, not to just view other people who aren't believers as projects. That's a really good warning. Um, Do you so, care if I chase a rabbit really fast on on this topic? It. It's just kind chase, of funny. Chase the rabbit. Chase the rabbit. <laughs> so, so like uh, some of my buddies from college, like we would always joke when people would say, uh, like the phrase like. I got to go, they would do this thing called soul winning. Like you would take classes on soul winning and how to win souls for Jesus. Like I get the, I I get the heart behind it. I get the sentiment, you know, I get the, the reason behind it. I just think it's weird because like, you know, we don't win souls for Jesus. Like the the Holy Spirit does that. (laughs) We, you know, Jesus works through us and we're very much a part of the process, but there is zero, like me and you, we don't save people. Neither one of us do. Go for it. I have a question for you. All right. Okay. Are you saying that you're a Calvinist now? <laughs> are you are oh, you finally man. agreeing with me that the Holy Spirit is the one who regenerates people's hearts? I yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I does that make me a Calvinist? <laughs> I think it does. I mean, anyway, we can we'll discuss that more later in a in a forthcoming episode. But yeah. uh, anyway, sorry. I just had to No, that's there. 
No, that's good. That's funny. But like what <laughs> what they would always joke about is like when they talked about like, oh, we got to win souls for Jesus and like take class. And then like people would stand up in this church I used to go to and be like, I won six souls this week. Like, again, I get the heart behind that's it, weird. but we would make yeah, jokes about weird, it like, though. oh, well, you know, did you get enough points to win the slinky kind of thing? Like, <laughs> like one time, yeah. one time my buddy Brandon his mom said something about like winning souls to him. And he said something along those lines, like, Oh, did you get enough points, you know, to win, you know, whatever prize she did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sorry. Anybody who, I think who likes that, but yeah, <laughs> there is like, some of that is like a good desire to evangelize, but there is danger right. in that. Some of that yeah, culture absolutely. that comes up around that. Um, but anyway, as we're, I don't know if we're pushing our time on it yet, but as we're getting into the later reaches of the episode, um, yeah. what I wanted to ask you, and we've we've kind of already touched on this, but just to get a little more specific, do you have any specific advice or thoughts for Christians? So, like the the hope would be as we're listening to this episode, and even as you and I are as you and I are talking, that we'd be assessing right in what ways have we encased ourselves in a Christian bubble. And maybe on the opposite side, even like in what ways have I been too, um, too unintentional about Christian community or what ways have I failed to like make the church and the kingdom of God, my primary community and my primary culture. So what, what advice would you maybe have for people as they're thinking about that, how, of how to strike that balance? Like how can we be intentional about striking that balance of making our primary community, the community of believers, making our primary culture Christian culture, but also not cutting ourselves off from the outside world. Yeah, uh, for me, and this this might sound stupid, but like, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> like, and let me, I'll explain what I mean by that. Like, um, be real, be who yeah. you are, be genuine. Um, you know, because when you when you put on this facade of you know, I'm a Christian, so I have to act this certain way. And it's not genuinely you. People pick up on that. People smell, you know, BS a mile away. They can see right through you. And so I think it's okay to to live with the tension of, um, you know, I love Jesus and I'm not perfect. Uh, but like, I'm, you know, I'm trying. I'm on this walk. I'm on this journey. And so I think people uh, are more willing to see that and accept it because they know that you're being genuine. You're not putting on a mask or trying to, you know, pretend to be something that you're not. And so I, yeah, seriously, th- that would be like, um, I mean, that's one thing that I try to live by um, a lot. You know, sometimes, uh, <laughs> like, there's a T-shirt that I think I should get, and may Andy, this you might agree with this, but it says, "I love Jesus, but I curse a little." <laughs> and so, like, I'm not saying that you should just go around cursing all the time, but like, if something slips then um, like I'm sort of, o- I'm kind of okay with that because I want, I want to be myself and um, mm-hmm. not try to be fake to people. And again, I'm not advocating saying like, oh, go do all this stuff because you want to seem edgy, but like be yourself and, um, you know, be okay with that and be okay with the fact that you are in a process of growth. Like none of us are perfect Christians. Like nobody is, is following jesus 100 percent perfectly um and when you pretend that you are you're going to turn people off and when you pretend that you are that's really when you're you know inside that christian bubble and and it has you on lockdown 
And I would agree with that to the extent I would, with the caveat of you should, I think you should take sin seriously. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but, but I agree with you. It's not, it's no good to pretend that you're more perfect than you are, right? It's not good to go yes. around pretending that, that you're some perfect Christian who has it all together. And, you know, I, I would agree with you on that completely. Yeah. I'm not um, saying we should glamorize sin or like, be like, oh, look how yeah. cool I am. I'm a Christian and I do sin all the time. Like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> but like you hear my heart behind it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but be, be genuine and don't, don't pretend that you're without sin either. Right. Um, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And, and I would want to say too, kind of my, on both sides of the ditch, I would say for those of you who, who maybe you're becoming aware that you're kind of in a Christian bubble, um my advice would be and this is advice coming from someone who still struggles on both sides of this at different times um (laughs) but maybe try look at the places in your life where you do interact with unbelievers and unbelieving culture and and see how you can actually like really engage there like because i think a lot of times as a christian if you're if you're leaning on the christian bubble side of things it's easy to just kind of kind of brush through the parts of your life where you're engaging with unbelievers and that's just kind of what you have to get through to do the rest of it you know where you're in your christian bubble um and so maybe if it's at work or even just when you're out and about uh wherever you have the chance to engage with people who are unbelievers and make those friendships and connect with those people um be intentional about doing that you know don't just view that as a part of your life that you have to get through but like really really think about it and work on that and care about those relationships um because that's how you'll start to really engage and kind of break out of that christian bubble but on the flip side my advice if you're if you think you're maybe you don't have enough christian community or you know you're too engaged in the world and too focused on the world um make sure that you know your core community is a community of christians make sure that the people who are really forming you and shaping you and speaking into your heart are believers who are grounded in the word and who will guide you towards christ um so yeah i guess that would be kind of my two kind of real practical and i'm kind of just reiterating some of the stuff i said earlier honestly but any anything else you would add to that josh or or disagree with yeah man i think that's really great and um i think like one thing that comes to mind is uh i know uh, i currently work in a methodist church and they use uh this language of (laughs) i think it's kind of funny but they call them fresh expressions which to me sounds super <laughs> 90s, <laughs> but yeah. that's fine. Uh, but they do this stuff called Fresh Expressions, which is literally about getting outside of the walls of the church and like meeting people where they are. So like intentionally seeking out um, non-Christian community, kind of in the sense like, uh, for example, I've been tasked with creating this uh, thing that I'm going to call like Theology on Tap, which is okay. where we hold like uh, like a Bible study, but we're going to have it at like um, – at this place called Grandview Marketplace, which is a really cool place, but they have like a bar there and stuff. And so like, that's a fresh expression where we're going to have Bible study, but we're going to have it at a bar. And then say hashtag edgy. Yeah. Super edgy. (laughs) We're so cool. So that, yeah, I'm way edgy because tattoos and beer. So, you know, uh, but (laughs) anyway, it's like, that's, that's a cool thing. I think, I think that's along the right track. I think people are thinking the right way. Um, yeah, you know, you know, when you think, think about those kind of things or, or try to engage in that way. Like, do what do you think about things like that? Oh yeah, totally. I think, I think, um, being intentional as individuals, but also things like that, where you're being intentional as a church, uh, 
right and as christians as a community of christians to reach out and connect with the community around you i think is really good um yeah i think i think that's awesome so i i really think i don't know i think from both of us probably and you can amend this if you want but i think from both of us the real message of this episode is is pretty much just as christians we do want our primary community and our primary like equipping and encouraging to come from other christians but we need to be careful not to cut ourselves off we need to be careful not to become so sheltered and so cocooned in our christian culture that we we stop engaging those outside of outside of the church and so um i mean honestly a lot of this episode i don't know how you feel about this josh but i feel like this episode has been a lot of kind of basic stuff a lot of stuff that's it's i don't think we said anything that's going to revolutionize anyone's world oh no not at all um, i think it's just a fun fun conversation to get people thinking it's a fun conversation and hopefully it'll get you thinking and and maybe this is an opportunity for you to look at your own life and see where you can improve on either side of this issue. So where where do you need to adjust? Because I think we all tend to lean one way or the other more. We all tend yeah. to, to be more insulated and cocooned or to be uh, kind of not well connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ and not being fueled by them. So uh, hopefully this episode has been helpful to you today and if you have any questions, if you disagree, if you think we're just a bunch of ridiculous dinguses, dingus, uh, feel dingai actually is the plural, <laughs> I believe. Right on, dingus. Um, feel free to contact us. We have a website, theologydoesn'tsuck.com. Yes, uh, we so do. You can you know submit a question or a rant there uh, on the contact us page. Believe it or not. Uh, on that website, you can also find you know past episodes, some blog posts that we're throwing up. Uh, there's little bios about us if that interests you. So feel free to feel free to <laughs> check pictures. out that cute pictures. Yeah, well, yeah, there are pictures of us, I guess. But uh, I don't know if uh, they're too know. cute. Uh, yeah, that's for you to decide. Let us know. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you can also follow us on Instagram. Instagram at, at theology doesn't suck. Managed by our our very own Josh Patterson. Uh, gotta put that graphic design degree to use right <laughs> for sure i also um, i have to get better with the instagram i have to make it more engaging you know, instagram is tough if any of you have any suggestions of how we could improve our social media game uh, don't hesitate to throw them out because we could use all the help we can get yes so, please so yeah follow us on instagram check out our website obviously you know if you're listening to us you found the podcast so you, you know where that's at um but we'd love to hear from you guys, so feel free to contact us. Uh, next up, on tap, as Josh might say, <laughs> is well done. a very exciting two-part series on a yeah. very divisive issue called Uh-oh. Baptism. Dun, dun, we're going to be talking about baptism for the next two weeks, and we're actually going to be bringing some guests on. Hooray! So, uh, if you're tired of hearing Josh and I talk... You'll or get to mostly hear some other people. tired of hearing Andy talk. Yeah, if you're if you're tired of hearing me talk, because I talk way too much, uh, you will get to hear some other people talk. So join us the next couple of weeks as we are talking about. We'll be doing one episode on the case for credo baptism, which is you know believers only baptism, and one episode on the case for pedo baptism. Uh, so please join us for those two episodes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And who are you bringing on be again, really Andy? Exciting. Uh, so. 
we will be joined on the credo baptism episode uh we'll be joined by one of josh's uh former co-workers and friends his name is marty right yeah marty he's a former co-worker but he's not a former, former friend co- i was going to clarify no, that former, in case he's not listening a former friend yes he's a former i love you marty and current <laughs> current friend of josh marty and marty is much smarter than both of us he has his mdiv and you know he's a real pastor and all that oh yeah so I'm that's a fake cool one. yeah josh is a fake pastor and i'm not even a pastor <laughs> so <laughs> so uh Marty will be joining us to give the case for credo baptism. And then the following week, uh, my pastor, uh, Mr. Adam Viramontes, uh, will be joining us to talk about the case for pedo baptism. So it should be really exciting. Uh, we hope that you'll join us. And until then, sleep tight. Don't talk to strangers. Call us when you get there. Wear a jacket. (laughs) Don't forget to drink your water. Don't forget to drink your water. Hydration. Oh, and by the way, go Caps.